Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Happy New Year. Woohoo! And thank you for being a listener. Wherever you are listening to us, if you wouldn't mind stopping by, leaving us a rating and a review, it definitely helps us out. And we have touched on a number of ideas across the course of our podcast here. And one that I don't think we've leaned into this one yet, but we get this Not all the way. question <laughs> around, you know, as therapists, we're very smart, intelligent people. We know a lot of things. Many of us do those things pretty well, but we also know that there's things that we know that we just don't do or we yes. don't do well. And it kind of falls into that. Why are therapists so bad at implementing the things that we tell other people to do all day long. It's kind of this idea of that's behind like the, the cobblers kids have no shoes or, you know, those kinds of things where we are experts in how to teach others to take care of themselves, to cope with things well, to, to manage our emotions, to, to do those things. We know all that stuff. And a lot of us don't implement them. We don't take really good care of our, own selves. And so we wanted to kind of lean into this a little bit more because we've talked about, we've talked around it a, a number of times. So we'll link to all, <laughs> probably 27 episodes in the show notes at mtsgpodcast.com. But but we wanted to just talk about why do we have a hard time with this? I think part of this really comes to the book that is foundationally taught to therapists, even if it's not part of the curriculum of grad schools or even recommended reading, but that the way that therapists are taught to be is in Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree. <laughs> and therapists are supposed to be this tree that just gives and gives and gives and gives. And no Until matter how many parts of- stump. Man, I, that book is like the saddest book to give to kids and, and read to them. It is the worst. But I think inherently, this is the mindset that a lot of therapists end up in, is this, I need to give and I need to give. I know I need to take care of myself, but look at where I need to give over here. Yes. This, this client is somebody who needs more time from me. I need to be able to you know, pay my bills and get money and that kind of stuff, so I need to take on another client. Or yeah. these emergencies are taking on more of my time and emotional space. So that's going to come at the cost of typically something taking care of myself. Whether it's sleep or getting your step count in for the day. I, full disclosure, yesterday I went nine to nine and I got like 
so few steps. I, I, I got a Fitbit, so I'm now monitoring how, how stationary I am at times. And I like, we struggle with this too. Like this isn't something that's like, hey, everyone, you guys are all really bad at taking care of yourselves and we're awesome at it. <laughs> like, we are definitely works in progress here. And this comes up not just in self-care, but even in talking about the statement uh, around pre-licensed associate pay that yep. we talked about in our last episode before we went on break, that sometimes this is also just in, we know that we need to do things for our home, for our business, for our profession in these kinds of steps, that we know that we need to do these things in order to leave this world in a better place, but we don't have the time, we don't have the energy, we don't have the courage we don't have the privilege to be able to move into this space. And like Katie said, we might not be perfect at doing these things. Some of these are things that have to be really intentional and might take a very, very long time and a lot of concerted effort to do. The call to action here is actually start doing these things that you know that you need to do on whatever level it is that you can and whatever capacity that you have diving into the why piece of this. Now, I know that you've talked a number of times across a number of episodes about sacrificial helping. Yes. And we've talked about compassion fatigue and burnout, which are things that we take on from clients. But I almost see the topic of this being more in the roadblocks that therapists put in their own way. The roadblocks that we put in our own way. So so the systemic stuff we've we've addressed sufficiently. There's toxic workplaces, there are low wages, there's all of those things, and we've talked about those. But I think the things that we put in our own way potentially come from the reasons that we become therapists. And I, I've talked about this and kind of referencing the sacrificial helping thing that I have talked about in the past. But I think many of us become therapists because of some sort of trauma or the role we played in our family or the things that that we grew up with so that we have the wounded healer and and so this is a this is something that we've talked about before but i think the piece that i really want to put into this episode is how our definition of value like what what we are what we see as valuable how we feel like we are able to give value is through helping and so we do more and more and more of it and so that means that we fill up our schedule before the break with clients who are in crisis because we're going to be gone for two whole weeks and or even <laughs> one and a half weeks or something. And we can't we can't leave our clients out there without the help they need. Like that is the value. That is the purpose that we have. The purpose is to give this help without actually looking at how does that help impact us? How does putting action and, you know, in, in agency language, productivity and seeing clients above all else and how we are valuable. And I know, and I say this to my clients all the time, I say, just sitting in that chair, you are valuable. If you could no longer help anyone, you are still valuable. And yet I still fall prey to the same thing, that I feel like I have to be present and give in order to be worth something. I think that there's a couple of pieces on this that I want to address. 
One is, for the most part, therapists are very intelligent people and have become you know, very dedicated to education. And what we find with a lot of very well-educated, intelligent people is the search for meaning. Mm-hmm. And it, that's really where a lot of giving that we get out of our, our work too. And yes. really looking at this impact that therapy has on us as therapists is kind of our whole jam here at <laughs> MTSG. But even taking it beyond the room is that we conflate sometimes what we do on the job since it's our job. Yeah. That, that kind of demeans what we're giving. And so we get drawn to give elsewhere too. Yes. And we're encouraged to volunteer on top of the forced volunteering of pre-licensee <laughs> work that happens in a number of places. But what this is, is it's it's searching for that meaning of giving, that existential sort of cry of being able to give and give and give because at least during our job, if we admit that we're taking out of that therapy too, that potentially cheapens in our minds what we're doing with our clients. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that we're trying to really encourage people to look at. No, you can you can be impacted by your therapy. Have a have a great session where you're vulnerable and that helps to bring out your client's vulnerabilities. Awesome. Awesome sauce. Do that. Yeah. I come to the second point too of and I'm not an analyst in any way, but it almost seems like when we get to this knowing but not doing, it's almost like there's this shadow side of us that's competing to not do, uh, that gets in our way. And this is really where we unfortunately just, you know, tell people, oh, you should go to therapy for that. That, you know, a lot of us are already <laughs> in therapy. A lot yep. of us are already, well, we'll we'll get to, you know, talking about therapy for therapists here <laughs> coming yeah, up real pretty soon. soon. But I think in in almost looking at it from the shadow side, I'm, again, not an analyst here, but it seems like so much of shadow work is like this search, you know, for the shadow self and destroy it. Whereas it might be more beneficial to look at this aspect of it from a find out where this competing side is and get to know it that Mm -hmm. keeps you from making that next step. And so rather than kind of search and destroy, it's search and befriend yeah that can help us to implement what it is that's part of our capacity to actually start implementing the behavioral changes the intelligence changes whatever it is that's next on our to-do list of the i know but i'm just not thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy as a therapist you would use thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. 
Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. You said a whole lot. So I want to address each of the things, but I think they actually tie together in my mind. When you're talking about meaning, and this is kind of what I was talking about, kind of the purpose and, and kind of finding those things. When we tie them together with past trauma or family dynamics that created value around helping, we do find meaning in that. And as intelligent people, we understand when we find something that's meaningful, that it will feel positive. It helps with mood. It helps with overall quality of life. I think the shadow self comes in here is that oftentimes that role has has a, a piece of trauma that we're filling ourselves up by giving. And so there's there's that piece of seeking it out to fill up what was what is not full. And then I think there's also this piece, and I, I go to this idea of that it's so hard to be angry as a therapist because we can always see the other point of view. We have all of this reasonable insight and all of that. And I think there's there are times that I can sense this in myself. And so I really like that you brought this up is that there are times when I just want to say, F this. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do the things that are <laughs> inappropriate or those kinds of things. And I think there's a very big push, especially from my grad school, that you can't, you know, you can't be too big or bold or bad or whatever and still be a therapist. And so there is that kind of seek and destroy the shadow self. But I think there's this piece of this, like this strict kind of, externalized parent that I've given myself that says you cannot be bad because you're a therapist. You cannot be angry because you can understand another's point of view that then I become oppositional. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I know it will help me, but it's a, it's almost like there's this this scorecard of we do so much good during our job that we just, you know, can afford to balance out the scales a little bit by by being bad. <laughs> I, maybe not even balancing out of the scales. It's just like, I, I have no more capacity or bandwidth to, to be reasonable and healthy. Like there are times I just want to sit and watch horrible TV, eating junk food and, you know, like gossiping. I mean, like anything. I mean, Ga like, this is gasp horror, shock. I know, that, right? <laughs> uh, you know, self care. You know, shame on you for not self caring is the message that the field gives in yes. that situation. Yes, which is. And, but is, I think I want to go beyond that because we've talked about that. But I think it's and shame on you for not valuing this epitome, this upper echelon of health. And well-being, where we all sit in this zen balance of of good feeling and organic foods, and maybe this is a California thing. So you know, everybody in but other states, no. let me know. But like, it's it's like if we don't value health enough, not even the self care. Like, oh my gosh, you're not taking care of yourself. There's there is a, a piece of like, but we but we we can't do it as well because we got to take care of other people. But it's like if you don't value health in the same way, if you don't have the same ideas of what health is for yourself, then somehow you're wrong too. I don't think that this is necessarily just a California thing because, because there's 
on one hand, the the shaming of, you know, blaming it on you as the individual for not doing it and the whole systemic cycle yes. around, well, now I feel guilty about that. There's also a systemic shaming of, well, you accept too well that you're flawed, so you need to, you know, go ahead and fix that too. Yeah, knock it off. There isn't a systemic appreciation of making approximate steps towards getting better. And where shift this off of you saying that this is just a California thing. I'm reminded of this Buddhist story about a monk on the top of the mountain. And finally, after years of, of meditation and work, uh, reaches enlightenment. And once he reaches enlightenment, he's very excited to go down into the village and share that he has been enlightened. And as he's going down, a beggar runs out in front of the street and says, you know, hey, can you give me some money? And the monk pushes him out of the way and says, nothing. No, I, I've got something more important to do right now. Mm-hmm. And then immediately turns around and goes back up the mountain. In just kind of this, he had lost his enlightenment. Mm. And so we don't necessarily embrace that kind of a step in our flaws as therapists as this is natural and normal and we're going to have periods of time where we struggle more. But when we do struggle, that we implement the things that we know that we need to do to get back to our baseline. And a lot of times what we're doing is we're making these decisions about what we should be doing when we're already in this burnt out place. We're not putting the things into place when we're mentally healthy to maintain ourselves there or to put ourselves into a path of rest and recovery once we're through the stacking up of clients before the holiday vacation. That we then go on vacation and are on vacation and not just working while we're remotely someplace else. Yes. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely that piece of we're burned out and then we realize we need to do self-care. We, we don't necessarily do it very well. But the thing that I was thinking about when you were talking was we don't come into the profession with a mental health clearance or a physical health clearance. Like there, we come into the profession saying, I want to be a therapist. And we learn all of these coping strategies, all these interventions in a vacuum, really. It's not necessarily discussed from the practical end, pa- the practical user end. This is how you actually incorporate your own, you know, cognitive restructuring, or this is how you do X, Y, and Z. I think there's some of that. I think there's some of some experiential learning that can that takes place in eh, more continued education than grad school sometimes, but but we aren't necessarily like we don't necessarily come into this field with this complete knowledge of how to incorporate these things and we're trained how to do them to our clients how to we're trained how to teach people to do it but we aren't necessarily trained how to incorporate it into ourselves because we we don't exist in a lot of ways in in the education you know we've we've talked about this in how to be a therapist um, episode talking about person of the therapist training i think when we really think about it telling somebody how to do something you know, where we can be object an objective observer is very different than incorporating it into our own lives and seeing how it actually fits. And so to me, and and we had a, a dear colleague tell us, you know, kind of you have to learn it once as a 
<laughs> as a therapist, like for your clients, and then the second time for yourself. I think that's that really resonated for me because we don't necessarily come in to be therapists. We have natural skills. That's why we decided on this career, but we don't come in knowing how to do the thing. And when we learn it, it isn't for ourselves. I think that the people that this isn't a problem for, we don't necessarily notice them in the field. And that might be the vast majority of us, at least externally. But the people that we do see struggling the most with this is what Lori Gottlieb in her writings points out is the rigidity of the story that being rigidly stuck in this is how things are supposed to be is where those struggles really do come up. And being more flexible with these stories of, oh, I I can work on myself while working with somebody else on their problems. It goes back to Irv Yellum's, you know, that you potentially can take clients further than you've been yourself, but mm -hmm. you've got to be flexible in your own story and your own application of doing things with intention. Yeah. And it's really that intentionality that comes from this place of really clear mindedness that I was mentioning a little bit earlier, that we're not making decisions out of panic and out of burnout, that if you're noticing that your mind's wandering for several minutes during sessions, or that you're spending your time in between sessions playing mindless games on your phone rather than <laughs> doing the notes that you should be doing. Uh, are you speaking from experience here, Kurt? <laughs> You know, I don't always answer direct questions, <laughs> but really in going back to looking at the why of what's getting in the way, it's being rigidly stuck into the, I have to do these things that I know how to do. Whereas if we move in that, that shadow discussion of befriending it, it's what can I do intentionally to get this done? And that's that's the growth step that's really hard and slow because if we know all of the answers, we try to jump to the solutions. Yeah. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. And I think in, you know, it's kind of, I think about, you know, math, you got to show your work, you know, to get the full credit for the answer. Maybe I'm dating myself. I don't know Common Core, so I don't know what that looks like, but. It's still show your work. Okay, good. Okay, so you have to show your work. And I think if you do, then, it, then you're, there's that piece that really allows for the struggle. We had a conversation recently that'll be in a future episode about the training suggesting that we need to be perfect and that we need to be present. And I think in the Facebook groups, you know, mistakes are harangued. And I think we've had, and we're, we're going to, we're inviting people to, to talk with us on this podcast around when you show vulnerability, when you show your own mental health concerns or those types of things that somehow you are going to be called out and blasphemed and, and potentially removed from the profession. And so there's a fear around grappling with this shadow self in any kind of public way. Cause I think about for myself and I, I'm going to out myself a little bit, but I think about for myself, I have anxiety and I, and I have a lot of really negative thoughts that come up to myself 
when I'm thinking about the work that I'm doing or the work that we're doing. And I, I, I've really had to work with my therapist and myself on, on being able to, to talk myself through that as well as feel my way through it and understand where those thoughts are coming from. And I think when I initially learned cognitive behavioral therapy where it's so simple, you know, oh, you just challenge the negative thought and you understand the underlying core belief and you'll be better. Also known as the, hey, just think different. Yeah, the think different thing. I'm able to think a lot different and I still feel pretty crappy sometimes. And I still have days when I feel like I just want to stop trying and stop trying to do these things. And to me, even saying that, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking while I'm talking to you, am I going to ask Kurt to edit some of this out? Because I feel like there is this expectation for us to say, we've got this. There's, there's no chance that either of us would have had an, a, any kind of session that was clouded with our own self-judgment, or I'm going to speak only for myself, with my self-judgment or my distraction or my exhaustion. I've, I've been able to manage it well enough. So, so, you know, kind of ethics police, you know, kind of whatever, don't come take me out and have me stop being a therapist. But there are times when I've, I've, I know that I've made the wrong call or said something to a client that wasn't helpful because of my own crap. And so to me, it's like we don't allow ourselves to, to publicly say those things because of fear of being penalized or ridiculed or, or shame on you. And so then if we can't grapple with those things, we can't address them. We can't heal ourselves. We can't cope with those things because we can't we can't share them we can't be public about them and a lot of that seems to be theory driven because really relational therapists create that space to respond and attune and Mm -hmm. and that's really where to be the solution is in being able to actually apply the things that we know that we should do, but we don't do. But when we get into these really directive, rigid approaches, it doesn't leave space for that. And the more that we as a profession have leaned into things like CBT or solution oriented, where it's just get to the answer, it doesn't attune to the feelings that go along with it. It, Yeah. It might create some short term, you know, get that action done but to speak to that deeper level and that ongoing change process requires a commitment to being able to be evaluative of your own internal process and to be able to attune to it in order to let it go and i think to me what i'm specifically speaking about because i think i'm probably more of a relational therapist than anything else is this feeling of I don't want to cope with my clients, although my clients seem more accepting of my humanness than my colleagues. I'm able to deal with the stuff that's happening in the room and make the repair attempts and be in relationship with my clients. But saying it publicly to a room or a listenership of, of therapists feels more threatening. And those are the folks I feel like I should be able to cope with. Those are the people that I feel like I should be able to say, I'm having a hard time and I, I, I need support. And I think that there are spaces and, I, and certainly there are people who I trust to do that. But I think as a field, those are oftentimes hidden, those conversations, because if we say it in a public space, then we've, we're somehow not good enough therapists. 
I think there was even an episode we were talking about niche and how if if women feel like they can't work with men, then they shouldn't be therapists. I mean, like there are things where when we're talking about the things we truly grapple with that you and I have had judgment about kind of qualifications and humanness. I think it's, it's hard because there are real consequences for therapists being impaired. There are consequences for therapists having human mistakes. But if we can't, grapple with them if we can't actually dig deep into them and and have some acceptance of some level of them then we aren't going to take care of ourselves because we have to hide that we need that we need the care i see a lot of mature therapists and this is not a euphemism for older therapists but people who've been in the field for a period of time and even yeah people who really i think come to a place of befriending their own process that I see dropping out of commenting so much in these online groups and putting themselves out there publicly because they do find that their needs are getting met in better and healthier ways offline. For sure. And, you know, I think that this is something where, you know, the internet has been a wonderful place for a number of things, but emotional support in the therapist community to each other is not one of them. I think it can be in limited circumstances, but generally that's not where we should be going for the emotional support we seek. And, you know, it might be just that even I'm checking in on some of these groups a lot less. And so I'm not seeing as many of these things, or I'm not necessarily looking for them as much as I used to. But what I do see is that the nature of the internet just doesn't allow for being able to draw the process out in in those nuanced times that you're referring to. Yeah. And the flexibility isn't there when we can't get to nuance. And so where we naturally seek that out is in better consultation groups, better friends, better asks of our own therapists when we're in therapy of helping us to evaluate a number of those different sides. So on this kind of idea and wrapping up, the answers really around implementing what we know that we should do is creating the space for them. Yes. And doing it with intention. So that way we're not just constantly giving more than what we can give and giving and giving and giving and being the the tree stump at the end of the giving tree. But really doing things with intentionality from a very good place that helps us stay in that emotional space. Yes, I agree. Well stated. So you can find our show notes at mtsgpodcast.com. You can join our totally 100% supportive (laughs) Facebook group, the Modern (laughs) Therapist Group. And we have our call for speakers out right now for Therapy Reimagined 2020 that's going to be here on September 25th and 26th in the Universal City neighborhood of Los Angeles. You can find out more information about that on our website as well. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. 
They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months.